suppose in a way that's what I'd like to talk a little bit about tonight, being involved in that work. But before we really get to that, I want to ask a question. That is, are you saved? Are you saved? It's a question we should ask ourselves every day. Um, and hopefully we can answer, yeah, I am, every day. If Jesus Christ returns right now, are you going up? Or do you have the lead boots on? That's, after all, that's what it's all about. There, there, there has been one, you know, completely um, history-changing event so far in mankind's history, and that was Jesus Christ's death and resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And there's going to be another one coming pretty soon, and that is his return. There are other events throughout history that have been pretty impactful, been pretty significant, but those two, are, the first one changed, changed the fortunes of all of mankind as, as we knew them, from death to life. The opportunity to escape that which most people wouldn't even give a second thought to other than, yeah, it's coming for me one day. You've got the opportunity to escape death, to live forever. That's what that first event did, Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. The second one, uh, it might have been a few days ago, someone was talking about it, and Pastor Mark Ocho was reminding us of the statue uh, that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream about, it represents the kingdoms of this world. I mean, all of the systems, everything we know and, and um, interact with on a daily basis, mostly just automatically without really thinking, all these, um, you know, the great sort of levers of our world systems that keep everybody under some sort of oppression or other, it's all just going to crumble. It's all going to be turned to dust and powder and be blown away. It's going to be completely mind-blowing and completely alter life on earth as we know it. So when that happens... <clears throat> are you saved? Are you in it? If it were to happen now, before the end of the talk, are you in it? Was it an amen for the end of the talk? <laughs> We've got nine minutes to go yet. Um, <clears throat> are you are you going up? We've got to ask ourselves these things. Let's look at Matthew chapter twenty-five. We've got a strong um, grasp on the salvation message. Repent, be baptized by full immersion in water, receive the Holy Spirit. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you'll speak in tongues. It's not the only thing that happens when you receive the Holy Spirit, though. Of course, it washes you, it sanctifies you, it justifies you. All the old works are gone. The sin is covered. And God's forgotten about it now. You can be raised when Jesus Christ returns. And along the way, you're in the land flying with milk and honey already. You've got the blessings there at your disposal, the fruit that is abundantly available through the Holy Spirit, love and joy and peace, despite your circumstances. All of those things are available to us now. So we have a good grasp on that salvation message. But, of course, that's a moment in time. Baptism, receiving the Holy Spirit. You've got to stay saved. Let's look at Matthew 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, which is the sheep, 
Come, ye blessed of my father. The word blessed means spoken well of. Fancy being spoken well of by God. When Christ returns, if you're set at his right hand, then that means that God's pretty happy with you. He's speaking well of you. Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Fantastic. He goes on to explain why this is the case for those sheep set at the right hand. For I wasn't hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. This is Jesus Christ talking to those who are set at his right hand that God the Father is very well pleased with. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in, naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee, and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? Fair question. Who here has seen Jesus hungry, and fed him? Who here has seen Jesus thirsty, and given him a drink? The question's being asked here, Lord, you said that I've done these things, I don't quite understand, when did I do them? We get the answer in verse 40. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. We do these things for one another, no matter how great of stature or small of stature they seem to be in life or in the Lord. When we do these things for one another, it's like doing it to Jesus Christ himself. And it is given here as the reason why these are defined as sheep set at the right hand, ready to go off into eternal life. You want to stay saved? You want to stay saved? When Christ returns, you want to go up? This is your mission. This is how you do it. You've received the Holy Spirit, fantastic. Praise the Lord for that. God's grace in all its fullness has been bestowed upon you. Now that grace needs to be extended to others. Show favour, show kindness, show mercy, regardless of whether it's given back or not, regardless of the circumstances or not, regardless of whether you have the time or the money or not. Show it, give it out of a willing heart, abundantly, as much as you possibly can. After all, great grace and mercy and kindness has been shown to us, has it not? One died for us. It can't get any greater a love than that. Now you can pass that on. In fact, you have to, because we'll read on. Verse 41, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, these are the goats, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was unhungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as he did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. You're all involved in a fellowship somewhere around this world. 
and in that fellowship there is work to be done. And it's actually really exciting work. It can be really hard. It can be really tiring. It can be really quite sad at times. It can see, the problems that you encounter can seem intractable. Uh, and on the other hand, sometimes the work is exhilarating and joyous. You can read in Isaiah about water being poured out from on high and making dry places flourish with, uh, with abundant life. And that's what it's like when someone receives the Holy Spirit. That's what it's like when you're praying with someone and they get healed. That's what it's like when you go and visit someone who really needed to be visited and have a scripture read out to them. That's what it's like to be involved in the work of the Lord. And every single one of you can do it and should do it and has to do it if you want to be saved. That's our mission. Christ himself said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to heal the brokenhearted and so on. You know the scripture, Isaiah 61 and Luke 4. That's our mission now as well. You have the mind of Christ. You have the Spirit of Christ. Be like Christ. That's how we get saved. That's how we stay saved. Once you've received the Holy Spirit and been baptized, this is what it is for you now. Serve one another. Christ said about service, If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. It brings happiness to you to serve one another. It brings eternal life and eternal happiness to you to serve one another. In your fellowship, there is a lot to do. There's a lot to do. If you're not sure on what you can do, go and ask the leader or the pastor, look, I'm happy to do anything, as long as you are. Happy to do anything. What can I do? And you'll probably say, oh, praise the Lord. Here's something. In fact, here's a few things. Before you know it, you'll have too many things to do and you'll have to start delegating. But you'll be happy about it. You'll see the gospel ministered in people's lives. And the effect that that has on you is that this, this stops becoming something that just is up here, words on a page, and it starts becoming something that is alive in here. You start to spiral upward like an eagle soaring on those thermals higher and higher because you start to realise this is really actually what it's all about. I see it working in someone's life. What that does for you inside is it just makes you more and more convicted. It makes you realise more and more that this is indeed the truth, that this is indeed the greatest show on earth, that this is indeed what we are supposed to be involved in and nothing else. Are you saved? You get involved in serving the church, serving one another, and thereby serving the Lord. You'll never have to ask that question with any doubt in your mind ever again. What will people say? 